everyone. Welcome all. Final hour of the Bill Michael Show on this Thursday. Glad to have you. I got an interesting question posed to me a little earlier, and I forgot to address this. And Ben, I'm going to pose this more to you rather than to me because I honestly don't know. So Rick and a couple of people that are listening know that uh, beginning tomorrow, tomorrow I have a, uh, we're getting out of here tomorrow afternoon or to this afternoon, but I have a, uh, um, I'm getting another opinion on my back and I'm getting looked at tomorrow and um, I'm hoping that I get a resolution to all of this uh, and, and get rid of all this pain. And then after that, uh, we're, uh, we're, I'm on vacation. So next week, who's doing the show, Ben? So tomorrow, it is myself and Zach Heilprin, a college football Kenny and Heilprin Wisconsin Badger special through Uh-oh. the four hours. We have a very special guest joining at 1230 tomorrow. I don't think I can say who it is yet, but stay tuned for that. Someone who is currently on the team that everybody knows their name. So that's happening tomorrow. And then next week, it is myself and Grant filling in. You and Grant next week. Oh, Grant jumping in. Okay. So I would expect a lot of ridicule from what uh, what we've done to Grant over the last couple of weeks that would uh, either come your way and or my way or both because of uh because of uh you know the the seeming ridicule that we've given given to uh given the Grant Bills. You know, okay. I think he's over it, but I think we should maybe start it up again because that would be <laughs> terrific show content. Uh, there you go. Not a bad way to go. Hey, by the way, the actor that played Sonny Corleone in The Godfather and the father in Elf, the movie, among his many roles, James Kahn has passed away. James Kahn has passed away. Sad news there. Sonny got all blown up in the, uh, in The Godfather when he was trying to go through that toll booth. And the toll wouldn't open. He's blowing his horn, and then uh, all of the the rival um, the rival gang members, so to speak, back in the day, uh, they all stood up with the machine guns and blew him away. Um, so he ends up came in, coming to a demise in both that movie and then today. But it, today, uh, just passed away. Uh, but the actor that played Sonny Corleone, uh, James Caan, has passed away. Uh, some sad news there. He and he he was the dad and elf. He had a really good role in that movie too. He looked a little old to be that uh, young of a father in that movie, but still a a good way to go for uh, James Con. Good role, but yeah, he passed away today. Uh, also, we've got breaking news, and the breaking news out of the sports world is that Rafael Nadal has withdrawn from Wimbledon ahead of his semifinals tomorrow because of an abdominal tear. Nick Kyrgios Kyrgios, receives the walkover into the finals now. But Rafael Nadal uh, had to withdraw because of an abdominal tear. That, I don't know where the abdominal muscle tore, but have you ever had an abdominal strain, Ben? I have not. That is... That depending on where it is, if it's in the upper oblique area, it hurts and it hurts to breathe and whatever, you know, that's one thing. If it's a lower abdominal strain or tear, oh, you, that's like walking around with a permanent permanent kick of the sack. Oh, that's a painful, painful thing. 
Oh, my. Now, I will say I've never had it, but my cousin did. He got hit playing football, playing high school football, and he was, yeah, he was, that was painful for him for a long, long, long time. So much so he had to, had to have surgery uh, because of it to put the muscle kind of back together. But I hear the abdominal strain. And I've had numerous players that uh, over the years that have had it as well that say, yeah, that's that's awful. That's an awful, awful thing when you get that. Uh, 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. You want to hit us up, do it. Those are the phone numbers. Uh, you can also hit us up over on Twitter, at Bill underscore Michaels or at Ben Z. Kenny, at Bill underscore Michaels or at Ben Z. Kenny as well. Uh, this was from David. Uh, David says, I think Mark Murphy has done an excellent job on the business side, not so good on the wins and losses side. This team only has one Super Bowl championship under his watch. They should have at least two to three more. I call that a failure. Isn't it all about wins and losses? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Boy, that's a difficult question. Because as the overseer of the entire franchise, as the overseer of the entire franchise, is it about wins and losses? Sure it is. You want to win because that keeps more interest in your team. Therefore, ticket sales remain high. Therefore, sponsorship dollars remain high. Therefore, things around your complex remain high in demand. So you create a business model that's based off of your team, based off of your player personnel model, and if you do it right, it all goes hand in hand. <sighs> Ultimately, he does not control the personnel and the coach's decisions. And and you can, now this is the thing, because a lot of people going back to when Matt Lafleur was hired, and Mark Murphy more than had his hands in, involved in all of that, right? And people were screaming, he's going to get involved in player personnel decisions and he's going to be drafting and he shouldn't do this and he shouldn't do that. He needs to stay away. Okay. Well, now you can't say, turn around and say, well, you didn't win enough championships because he doesn't have a hand in that. He hires the people who, who do. They answer to him. But they, Matt LaFleur is not calling plays and asking Mark Murphy first whether or not they should run that play. He's not asking Mark Murphy who should play and who shouldn't play. That that's not that's not Mark Murphy's say, so to speak. That's I mean, he certainly could. He would be considered an interferer, and most likely uh, the board of directors would vote him out if indeed he was doing that on a consistent basis. But I, you you, you can't you can't argue both. It's one or the other. And if you're going to argue about well, he's responsible for only one championship, or then you should say, then he, if that's what you're going to pin on him, then you should put more emphasis on his ability to help choose, pick coaches, player personnel, plays, and such. The overall, what you are responsible for as the president is ultimately everything. I get that. But you're responsible for the overall health of the franchise. And you have to ask yourself, like we do with presidents, okay, let's be honest, uh, with the presidents of our country, you, you, you say to yourself, when this president took over, is the franchise, is the state, is the 
the, 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 the grouping of states, are they better off today than they were when they took over? That's what you ask yourself. Are you better off as a fan today? Are you more stable as a fan today? Is your franchise better as a fan today than it was when he took over? Undeniably, your words would be yes. It is financially strong. The expansion has been fantastic. The renovation upon renovation of Lambeau Field has worked out to the Packers' advantage. Now, granted, it's been on the backs of two Hall of Fame quarterbacks who have made this franchise for a long time extremely relevant, It, but a terrific coaching decision. I think we could all agree upon Matt LaFleur. The hire of Brian Gutekinds, the protege of Ted Thompson, while not looked upon as a popular move at first, certainly has turned out to be a pretty popular move, even with the Jordan Love pick being the albatross around the neck of, of uh, Brian Gutekinds. I, I think the knocking down of the silos thereafter, because remember when Mark Murphy took over, he was told by Bob Harlan, hey, stick to business, let Ted and the personnel people do their thing, you just stick to business. And he did that for a long period of time until you couldn't look the other way anymore. So, you know, because like Mark says, well, he kept Ted and Mike too long. Okay, how long? A year? Two years? Three years? If it's just a year, which really in reality that's probably what it was, then, 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 okay, they do that out of loyalty. They do that out of giving you the ability to turn it around. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. But because you look at other situations where they're knee-jerk and they make change after change after change after change, and who knows if the circumstance the year that they would have made the change when you would have liked them to make a fire or a hire would have been the same for this franchise at that period of time. Would they have gotten Matt LaFleur? Maybe not. Would he have been on their radar? Maybe not. You know, I think we can all look at the TJ Watt miss and say, Psh, are you kidding me? I think we can all look at the Jordan Love miss and say, Psh, are you kidding me? I get it. We could say that about every regime, though. You hold up, you know, Ron Wolf as the the architect of the new and improved Green Bay Packers who brought the title back to Titletown. But remember, there were some pretty bad picks in there along the way. It's just the culmination of everything coming to, coming together at the right time with a new coach, with a new quarterback, with a, a bona fide superstar to put the franchise back on the map. All of that came together at the right time, but not every pick was perfect. So I would say, is the is the franchise better today than it was when he took over? When he took over, Bob Harlan got the franchise back on its feet and said, okay, whew, crisis averted, now just put it on cruise control and accentuate it. And that's exactly what Mark Murphy did. You can't argue with that. This franchise today is more financially stable, more viable, has grown more exponentially in the last couple of decades. And it's all been underneath Mark Murphy, who strategically put together a hell of a business plan. I think you would have to admit that. 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670, hit us up. Do you feel that Mark Murphy has done a great job, a good job, an adequate job, subpar job, or a bad job? when it comes to being the longtime president of the Green Bay Packers. 
877-867-1670. Again, 877-867-1670. I want to know your opinion when we come back. I want to get some people on the line on this. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Cunis RV. Go to CunisRV.com, K-U-N-E-S, CunisRV.com. And uh, see why they are the fastest-growing RV dealer in the state of Wisconsin and beyond the borders, whether it's Jayco, Alliance, Coachman, Catalina, Dutchman, Forest River, Gulfstream, Nexus, Thor, Heartland, Crossroads, Keystone, Winnebago, Redwood, just on and on and on. Stop into any one of their many Cunis RV locations right now. Take advantage of some decent APR financing deals because they're keeping it as low as they possibly can. They're working with you and for you on this. Cunis also offering top dollar for your trade-ins. They have big inventory, specifically the one down in Elkhorn. Man, my God, they got a lot of inventory. But they also offer consignment so and, and free pickup, too. They'll, if you're within 50 miles of a dealership, they'll come and get it. That way you don't have to deal with people kicking the tires and opening the doors and rooting through closets and yanking on stuff. You don't have to worry about that. They'll deal with it. Big or small, Cunis consigns them all. That's it. Cunis RV, the Midwest fastest growing RV and camper destination. Whether it's a motorhome, fifth wheel, camper van, travel trailer, they got you covered. Go to Cunis, K-U-N-E-S, CunisRV.com. That is CunisRV.com. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up next. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. days ago after i did uh, one of the reads for uh, one of our sponsors which is water doctors and uh this is uh this is from earl earl said uh, i put the Connecticut water softening system in my home a year ago and i haven't looked back uh he said everything you say about it is 100 percent correct within two weeks after having it installed i noticed that all the calcium deposits on our shower head were pretty much gone this was amazing to me, and I feel a lot cleaner just showering. Not that, and then he's got LOL, not that I want to talk to you about my showering habits unit. Uh, he said, but 100%, I agree with you on the Connecticut water softening system. That is Earl that listens to us out in Johnson Creek. Earl, I, I've been telling you for a long time, you and everybody else, same thing. The Connecticut water softening system, the best. And uh, there's a place that carries it and installs it and does a lot of great work and works with veterans as well and does a lot of donations, and that's the water doctors, H2, the letter O, doctors, dot com h2 the letter o doctors dot com john atley and his gang are absolutely fantastic i love those guys over there and they install a service sell the uh water softening system that is the Connecticut. they rent it as well and if you would rather go with that route just to test it and try it before you buy it try that but uh, call them 262-549-7733 john atley is the owner over there get a hold of john 262-549-7733. That's 262-549-7733. And see for yourself. I've been telling you about it for a long, long time. Water Doctors, fantastic over there. Uh, the uh, the news today, more news continues to, to shuffle, if you will, um, regarding uh, uh, college football. The Pac-12 and the ACC now discussing a broadcast partnership. That would have the ACC network or a new ESPN network air Pac-12 games on the West Coast. But the question looms, will it generate enough additional television cash to be worthwhile for both of them? Um, Now, 
Uh, I want to get back into the Mark Murphy stuff here. But, Ben, I said this in the beginning. This appears to me to be a a scramble effort and a negotiation ploy from a, an extreme point of weakness at this point to, to try to be able to kind of salvage something to try to lock teams in and keep them from leaving. Doesn't it feel like that? No doubt. And even with this, I don't think anything is really going to be done to keep people. I think as soon as the Big Ten or the SEC says to name a program, Oregon, Washington, as soon as they say, hey, we want you, they'll go anyway. And I, mm-hmm. I guess a comparison to the live is unfair given the moral differences between the Big Ten and, and the Saudi government. But right. it's kind of similar where the PGA Tour can do whatever it wants, yet if someone wants to go, they'll go. And whoever right. was going to stay is going to stay anyway. So, yeah, I, they are scrambling. We'll see what comes of it. But I don't know how much can really be done. Right. Uh, I This is, to me, just a last effort, if you will, or an ongoing last hurrah for both the ACC and the Pac-12 to try to hang on to something that they have before it all just completely unravels. Uh, And I know, um, you know, uh, Willie says, uh, when does Notre Dame finally make a decision and then the rest of the pieces will fall into place? That's what we're waiting on. I think we are going to see a mad dash once Notre Dame makes a decision. But with the ACC and the Pac-12 trying to stop teams from leaving. Now, the ACC already has a long-term deal. So it's going to be difficult to get out of the ACC contract if you're one of those schools that's already there. But the Pac-12 is looking for a rights deal right now to say, let's combine our forces. Let's say we've got all these games and all these premier teams, so to speak, cough, cough, nod, nod, wink, wink. And that way it'll force them to pay more money for a rights deal, and it'll mean more money for you and more money for us to be able to then hang on to the teams that we have because they're leaving for the money with the Big Ten and the SEC. But the argument here is, first of all, if I'm the ACC, I get it because you would like more money, but the ACC's got all the bargaining power. They can just say, no, we've got our own deal. You know, what? what, what is this going to do for us? Now, we'll put West Coast eyes on East Coast teams. That I understand, much like the Big Ten garnering the Los Angeles market. I get it. But the the Pac-12 has next to zero bargaining power here. They're just scrambling to say, please, because the pilfering has already begun. And as soon as Notre Dame makes a decision, most likely we are going to see other teams begin to jump, whether it's to the Big Ten or the SEC or to the Big 12 for that matter which we know the Big 12 was also kind of whispering nod-nod over the fence to say, hey, here's another place for you to come. But, uh, but yeah, man, it's, uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's, if you're in the uh, Pac-12 right now, it's uh, not a good scene by any stretch of the imagination because guys, uh, teams are jumping ship left and right and wanting to jump ship. Um. This one is from uh, Jess. Jess says, uh, I think that Notre Dame is contemplating where the most money is going to be and also what's best for them. Well, of course they are. I mean, there's no arrogance to that, Jess. There, there, there's, there's none of that. 
they're they're figuring it. now the arrogance would come is if Notre Dame says we're going to remain an independent and we think we're going to go ahead and grab NBC by the throat and throw them to the ground again and say you're going to pay more money for us and because that's not going to happen the NBC yes they can have Notre Dame football and Notre Dame has a big following there's no doubt about that but <laughs> if you think you're going to get more money $55 million a year more from NBC to make up the the lack of the disparity, if you will, that you would get with the Big Ten or the SEC, you're, you're full of – then your arrogance really begins to shine through. You're full of crap because that's not going to happen. There's no reason NBC has to. And let's say, let's say Notre Dame walks the Big Ten to the altar again only to dump them, to try to negotiate another deal, okay? It could come down to where the Big Ten says, you know what? Um, yeah, we're not going to play you. We're going to tell our teams to, at minimal, to play you. And you're not going to get some of those big premier matchups. So you're going to have to go to the SEC, you're going to have to go to the ACC, and you're going to have to go to the Pac-12, if there is one, to try to find a team with big enough ilk that's going to have a large enough draw on NBC on a consistent basis. Otherwise, you're playing the Appalachian states of the world. And... Not many people, no offense to the Appalachian State, but not many people want to see that. 877-867-1670, So I, that, that's the phone number if you want to give us a call. I don't think, I, I think it's going to be sooner rather than later. I mean, some people seem to think that Notre Dame is going to take months. I can't imagine that. With As fast as news is breaking and as fast as deals are being set up and and trying to be set up right now as well with the uh, the media relations uh, and those contracts. I can't imagine Notre Dame's going to take a lot of time to make a decision on this. I'm sure they're getting a lot of calls almost every day saying, hey, what are you guys doing? What's going on? What's happening? Because we need to know. We Otherwise, we're going to move on. Um, ben, would you agree? that I, mean, I, can't, I can't see why Notre Dame would take its own sweet time knowing there's all this money sitting on the table. Yeah, I would agree, though I feel like they are definitely ones to leave all the money on the table because they've been doing it for forever. So I could easily see a scenario where they somehow stay independent. But you mentioned the whole thing with the Big Ten maybe saying we're not going to play you. And also, my understanding is Notre Dame is only able to fully sell their home games to TV networks. That's where most of the money comes from. Mm -hmm. When they go play a road game at a Big Ten stadium – those rights are split by whoever broadcasts right. the game and their minuscule thing with NBC. So if the Big Ten says we're not going to come visit and play there, then that would, in theory, screw them uh, financially. But, right. I, I mean, they've been leaving money on the table forever. So I feel like they could say, yeah, we're fine. We're still going to compete. We're going to do well. And the money is enough that we can generate on our own to stay. I could still see them independent. It's until the Big Ten and SEC find a way to break off from the NCAA, then their hand will really be forced. Because as long as Notre Dame can compete for the playoff, then I think there is a scenario where they stay where they're at. But it's until, it, until that playoff thing is off the table, then they would have to go do something. I can't imagine, though, Notre Dame leaving all that money on the table and then allowing a disparity with recruiting, with facilities and such to begin to take place over the next decade. I mean, we're not talking about two, three million a year. We're talking like 50 million a year. 
And when you start to do the math, that's $500 million over a period of 10 years that they would leave on the table. That's a massive amount of money to say we're arrogant enough not to take it. It's one thing, like I said, it's one thing if it's a couple million bucks. Figure, say say $5 million over 10 years, that's $50 million bucks. Okay, I kind of get it. You can up your, uh, up your ante, so to speak, in a couple of different areas and maybe make some of that back and still remain on your moral high ground. But not five hundred million. You know what I mean? When you think about it in a in a yearly basis, you're like, ah, fifty five million bucks. Okay, I, I kind of get it. But on a ten year contract, that's five hundred and fifty million dollars. You're leaving on the table when other teams like Wisconsin, like Ohio State, like Michigan, like Alabama, like LSU, <laughs> like all these other SEC teams, like Georgia that are getting that you're not, that they can put into facilities, they can put into websites to create NIL packages, they can put into you know, better stadiums, bigger stadiums, more money, more ways to generate additional revenue that you can no longer do. I can't imagine they would leave that on the table. Yeah, I guess I don't know how much money right now they're leaving in this current scenario, take away well, all of the, the movement. The, the breakdown on the Bleacher Report said it was about $55 million a year on average. Today, that's not in the future. You mean? Um, no, that that right now there's. If you take the new contract deal that's going to happen, well, uh, no, that's in the future. That would be once you've got USC and UCLA in the Big Ten, and others that begin to join the SEC between those two teams, between those two powers, as they start to garner new contract rights deal, it's going to go from anywhere from twenty five to fifty five million dollars a year for these teams and these franchises such as Wisconsin to get to up to 80 to $100 million a year. And there's no way Notre Dame can compete with that. They would be losing out after all is said and done on average about $50 million, $55 million a year. That was the breakdown the Bleacher Report gave. Yeah, which that's, that's very significant. But I guess my thought is they've been leaving some sort of money on forever, and right now you talk about recruiting, they still have the number one class in the country and with how every program who competes at any level, all of their facilities are up to a certain standard. Like I'm sure Notre Dame's are up there in the country now. Like that is a lot of money to leave on the table. But I think they could look at their own success on the recruiting trail, especially since Brian Kelly left. I mean, Marcus Freeman's been a wizard out there. I, I guess they could look at that and say we could still compete. But it could reach a point where they just say, you know what, we have to do it. I don't know. I I think they have the power to all the quarters will go after them and then they'll make whatever decision for themselves. If if there's any team out there that has the ability to say thanks, but no thanks, it would be Notre Dame. I, I agree with that. I just don't think it's that to that level of money that they can say no to. Let's do this. We're going to step away, take a quick break. Hey, I uh, got to give a shout out to my guy, Lyle at Jane. I tell you, I use all of these these sponsors. Uh, I, I go there. I support them. Uh, they've supported me, or I met them because of work that they've done for me. And I went out there yesterday. Let me tell you this real quick. Uh, I needed to get to, to make sure that the trailer and everything was good for the trip. So I have a double axle trailer for my boat, and I wanted the axle checked, the, the, the bearings packed and greased and all that kind of stuff, and the tires checked. He found cracks in my tires where I didn't know they existed. He repacked the bearings, new bearings, repacked the bearings, greased everything, even took care of some of the some of the work that needed to be done on my spare tire and found some other issues along the way. What should have been probably by the time it was all said and done, a thousand dollar job, it ended up being six hundred and forty two dollars. 
Uh, he gave me whatever rebates Goodyear had on the tires. He got me the best deal he could possibly get me. He wanted to make sure that I didn't have to spend all the money that I had for the trip on, on just re, you know, kind of refurbishing the trailer, so to speak, to get it ready just to roll. And uh, left a nice note uh, on the uh, the boat's dashboard to say, hey, I hope you have a great trip. Hope we helped you out. Thanks so much for supporting us. Uh, he wasn't there when I went to pick it up. But that's the kind of work that they do at J&L Tire Service. J&L Tire Service right off of 94 in Johnson Creek, just north of the highway. You can see it. But between a son, Chad, and Lyle, they, they do work on semis. They do work on mom-and-pop cars and on grocery getters. Whatever it happens to be, they can do work on it. But, my God, they did a fantastic job on my trailer and I can't say thanks enough to them because when I hook it when I hook it up to the truck and I start to tow it for the next 400 miles I've got peace of mind knowing that if anything goes down it's not going to be the trailer because they're just that good so thanks to Lyle and, uh, and his staff out there for doing such a great bang up job let's do this we're going to step away take a quick break come back a lot more of the Bill Michaels show couple of segments yet to go right after this Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Glad to have you back. Bill Michael Show, we continue on. Hopefully you're enjoying your day. A couple of segments to go before we get out of here. Um, This is from Bruce. Bruce says, uh, in regards to Mark Murphy, I think he's done a fantastic job at building awareness for the properties around Lambeau Field. The Titletown District is a spectacular venue with restaurants, physical therapy areas, the sledding hill, um, he says that uh, there have been many events and many things that have gone on there. It is a must-see for fans that come into town just to be able to go and play on an actual football field, kick a field goal, or throw a pass to a kid, which is an ultimate experience. It is. I wonder how long that's going to last because that is valuable property to just make a football field. Um, you wonder where the revenue is going to be on that eventually. Because you, you can see... Down the road, you can see what else is going to happen. You you can see the other properties in the area. Eventually, it's going to go from one level to two levels to three levels of parking. It's going to be everything that the Green Bay Packers need to thrive and survive when it comes to raising funds. Uh, you know eventually it's coming, right? Right? Uh, it's just, you know, you know it's coming. You just wonder when, what's going to be the next project for the Packers. Maybe that's for the next president to decide. Uh, this is from Emmett who says, uh, did you hear what uh, the commissioner, Rob Manfred, had to say when you talk about the business of baseball? He said, believe me, we hate blackouts as much as fans do. I did not hear that, but I've been reading that. Apparently he said it on a podcast somewhere. Uh, I don't know the specifics of it, but... He uh, apparently, (laughs) which I, look, the commissioner of baseball has, you know, he was most recently criticized for really not loving the game of baseball. And he said, how, that's a joke. I mean, how could I not love the game of baseball? And he harkens back to being a kid and going to games and, and such. I get all of that. But when you say you hate blackouts as much as the fans do, come on. 
then why is your own app set up for failure? Right? Why is your own app set up not to allow people in those particular markets see those particular things? Come on. That's crazy. You're saying what uh, you want the fans to believe rather than what is actually the truth. <laughs> it's just... You know, when, when, like when, when I'm traveling, like when I want to go watch the Brewers game, you know, uh, it, and you can't see it, even if you're out of market, but because your, your zip code is in the market for the Brewers, come on. That's not fan. Baseball has been probably one of the most fan unfriendly viewing experiences. I, I'm lucky because I live in the Milwaukee area. I have the cable system with Bally's that carries the, the Brewers games, and I do it mainly for work. So I get it. I pay attention to it. But I overall, the complaints of Major League Baseball, you know, yeah, it's the, the complaints of Major League Baseball, let's put it this way, far outweigh any other sport. Far outweigh any other sport. Maybe it's because people who love baseball more complain louder, or maybe it's because baseball has an issue. The NFL doesn't have that issue. We all know that. 877-867-1670. If you want to hit us up, please feel free to go ahead and do so. Am I wrong there, Ben? Do we seem to get more complaints about Major League Baseball than anything? You're not wrong. Definitely more complaints about what management, what the people up top do. I think the NFL complaints more have to do with the pretty disgusting character of many people involved. But mm-hmm. I think many would come together and say, yeah, Roger Goodell, if you look at how easy it is to watch and interact with all of it, he has done a good yeah. job in that regard. So, yeah, I mean, and I, you're talking about how hard it is to watch. Uh, the Brewers' top prospect, Jackson Churio, who's crushing it at the minor league level. People are calling him best player at the high A level right now. He's young. He's only 18 years old. Mm. He's playing the Rising Stars game, which I've always loved because I'm a sucker for great minor leaguers and who could be right. the next stars. It's on Peacock this year. No one has Peacock. <laughs> um, who watches Peacock? Let's see here. Pe- well, Peacock is an up-and-comer. Um, but, um, Dan Patrick broadcasts his show on Peacock, correct? I could not tell you. I think he does. Well, they had the U S open on Peacock for the first however many minutes, which was a joke because then you turn that on and pay for it just to watch the guys in 50th place finish the second hole. Yet they still run ads. Right. I've, I have a lot of problems about streaming. The streaming TV. I cannot stand that. The, the Hulu, I uh, I got rid of the live stuff because of all the crap. Uh, they kept escalating the price and saying they were cheaper than cable. And they're, they're as much, if, if for one specific streaming entity, they're as much as some of the lower-end cables now. And the fact that they're paying millions of dollars to athletes to go sit there and act like they're spending money, it's a joke. So I got rid of it on principle. I, it's probably not the smartest thing to do, but I don't care. Uh, Hulu just sucks. Um Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. Uh, this is from Dave. Dave says uh, you're going to get a chance to get Matt Kensethon next week. Uh, he's going to be racing at Slinger for the Nationals. Uh, I will not be here, but Ben, feel free. Cambridge, uh, Wisconsin's own Matt Kenseth, 
driving, I believe, the number 20 car, uh, the Wabam car, W-A-B-A-M, at the Wabam Nationals. Coming up next Tuesday, July 12th, at Slinger, 200 laps, from what I understand. 200 laps at Slinger. Have you ever been to Slinger Speedway, Ben? No, I have not. It, it is like racing in a salad bowl. 200 laps. I can't even imagine that. Would you call that a big boy race course? <sighs> yeah, because some of the greats have raced there. And if you ask uh, some of the people like a NASCAR and such uh, about Slinger, they know Slinger. Um, there's been quite a few that have either raced there or know somebody who's raced there. Slinger's a well-known track um, in in racing and specifically in NASCAR. So is it a big boy course? Yeah, I would say it is. Is it, you know, a half mile or a mile? No. But it is, um, phew, it, it's, it's a whole lot of, I mean, that's the way it sounds. Because you, you race 100 yards and you're slamming the brakes on going into a turn. And then you're racing 100 yards and slamming the brakes on, jamming down into that low turn. And the one end of the bank, the south end, really has a steep bank. I mean, that's you, like I said, it's racing in a salad bowl. The other end kind of flattens out. And you really got to watch getting on it because you can fishtail and lose it right there heading into the start finish line. So it's, it's, it's just a whole different animal. But it's, uh, I'll tell you this. If you're not used to racing there, man, the first time I raced there, I got sick. It was like, oh my god, up and down and up and down. But uh, it's a it's it's a great track. It's and it's uh, they put a lot of money back into it to make the track and the stands and the experience so much better. So so um, yeah, I'd call it a big boy course. So on a, on a scale from TPC Craig Ranch to Brookline, it's like a six. You'd think, yeah. Um. You don't have to actually respond to that. That's just no, my no. brain. It's, it's, you know, from the from the courses that I've seen, it's it's better than most. I'd probably say it's in the. No, I'm not talking like road. If, if take out the large circuits, take out the the Dovers and and take out you know Daytona and Road America and Indy and you know take those out. I'm talking about just racetracks, local racetracks. I've been to maybe twenty in my day. And I, you know, Lawrenceburg Speedway, Queen City Motor Speedway. I've been to Lacrosse Motor Speedway, uh, Madison. I've been to Hale, uh, back when they had Hell's Corners. I've been to Chicago Motor Speedway, Kentucky Motor Speedway, some of the bigger ones, and uh, a lot of the smaller ones in the Indiana and Cincinnati area. Growing up, it's a pretty good track. It's it's better than most. I mean, God knows it's better than let's say Lawrenceburg, which where I grew up, where the stands were rickety. Every time you sat down, you got a splinter in your ass. I mean, yeah, it's it's a much much nicer track. Uh, let's do this. We're woefully late for a break. One more before we get out of here. Stay tuned. We got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show coming up next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. tonight and they uh, entertain a three-game series with the pirates coming up this weekend 
At American Family Field, the breaking news of the day, uh, Rafael Nadal pulls out of Wimbledon's semifinals because of a abdominal tear. An abdominal tear. So he is out. No more. Uh, by the way, speaking of the Pirates coming to town, they have a doubleheader today with the Reds. Already getting underway, bottom of the third right now. They're scoreless down at Great American Ballpark. And then they've got another one coming up tonight. That'll be a 6-10 Central Time start time. So uh, they will have played two games prior to coming in to tomorrow's contest with the Brewers. Just an FYI, the Cubs on the road tonight, too, taking on the Dodgers after getting out of uh, American Family Field yesterday with a uh, with a victory of the series and a victory over the Brewers. The Cardinals on the road tonight again with the Braves and uh, the Brewers off. Now, tomorrow, as I had mentioned, uh, the Brewers with Aaron Ashby uh, going to the hill against Brubaker taking on the Pirates, 7-10 start time. The Reds are hosting the Rays. In the meantime, you still have um, the uh, the Dodgers hosting the Cubs. That's the late one. But the Cardinals are back home taking on your Phillies, Ben. And uh, you got Wheeler against Wainwright tomorrow. That's a good one. That's a good matchup uh, at, at Bush. So your Phillies are on the road tomorrow night. Oh, so another reason to root against the Cardinals. Yeah, well, or an, another reason to finally want me to be happy and root for the Phillies. <laughs> okay i can see it i can see it you know what's funny is uh, i'm sitting here today and i don't know if you've heard the buzzing in the background have you heard that at all no i've not so i I've, i think i've talked about this before but my um the, the security cameras around the the studio here they've been going off all day and i'm like what the hell so finally i i went and looked this flock of i would i don't even know if you called it a flock it's a bunch of turkeys Walking around the neighborhood, but they 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 have started to make my backyard the pass between neighborhoods, I guess. And they the the turkeys everywhere. There's like seven of them. They just walk through the middle of the backyard, setting off the security cameras. So if a dog or anything comes walking through the backyard, I always see it. But it's been going crazy. I'm finally like, what the hell? Because usually it's a delivery of some type. Somebody's showing up to make a delivery of some type. But today, no nope, turkeys. Turkeys been setting the cameras off. All damn day. Oh, hell yeah. There's some joke to be made about talking bowling there, but I don't know what it is. (laughs) Uh, So all this. So tomorrow it's you and Zach Heilprin. I would assume you guys are going to kind of cover a little bit. What do you got coming up tonight on uh, Kenny and Heilprin, by the way? We're talking realignment, as has been the case for a while, just nonstop. What's next? What could the Big Ten do? What does it mean for Wisconsin? We're also talking quarterback recruiting because Wisconsin's been missing out on a lot of their top targets. So we're answering and displaying the question of, does Wisconsin have a quarterback recruiting problem at this moment? Well, uh, I look forward to that. I'll, I will actually be listening. I'm going to be on the road a little bit, but I'll be listening tonight. So I'm looking forward to that. And then uh, tomorrow, you've got Heilprin. Uh, Zach Heilprin is going to be joining you. And uh, then, in addition to that, you've got uh, yourself and Grant Bills all next week on the program. Yes, indeed. I, and a, I will be back a week from Monday. A running back for Wisconsin is joining us. I'm not going to say who, but tomorrow, 1230. That's tomorrow? Tomorrow at 12. Running back for Wisconsin. All right. I'm liking it. I'm liking it. There you go. That'll do it. So uh, you got to, well, Ben Kenny's going to take you the rest of the way tomorrow and then all next week with uh, Grant Bills, and I will be back. Uh, I would say, wink, wink, nod, nod, watch the Facebook fan page because there could be at some point in time 
Facebook Live. I'm just saying. Until we talk again, which will be a while from now, time for us to go. Have a go. The Bill Michaels Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.